Everyone's so busy keeping up. Forget about the Joneses, we all on our telephones. With the texts and the tweets and the beats. What he said, she said, can't even follow the three. Down the hole, we all go. Me, I like keeping up too. With my corona and my attitude. That's La Vida Masfina. Relax responsibly. Corona Extra Beer. Imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. I want to congratulate Royce Smalling. He went to France at the perfect time. He missed a lot of bad baseball. He missed the Twins falling completely out of the race. So this is going to be something of a season wrap-up, although we'll be wrapping up the season in many different ways in the coming weeks and months. And looking forward to 2023. This is Chin Music. This is our baseball show at TalkNorth.com. Lavelle Neal from the Star Tribune. Royce Smalley of Twins and Twins Broadcasting fame. I'm Jim Suhan from the Star Tribune, and Brandon Morton is our producer. Uh, thanks to Corona, the official import beer sponsor of the Minnesota Twins and the presenting sponsor of the Chin Music Show here at TalkNorth.com. Go to TalkNorth.com to check out all the other shows as well, and thank you for listening. All right, so, Roy, we haven't talked to you in a while. Let's get your reaction to what you either ob- have observed or discerned over the last <laughs> couple of weeks with the Twins. <laughs> Well, you know, I mean, I, I think the larger picture is um, is the way uh, seasons and teams uh, it always uh, always go. I mean, it's a hundred and sixty-two game season, and at the end of it, um, guys generally hit uh, the way in a range that they're going to hit. Guys generally pitch in the way they're going to pitch, and teams generally finish. Uh, where they're supposed to finish, given the players that either the players' performance or the players uh, who are injured or not, and it, it and uh, what I have discerned and seen in the last week is, uh, frankly, uh, they're they're running a lineup out there on a daily basis that is nowhere near uh, what um, got them in in the first place the first half of the year and. And sustained them for a while, and I, and I look at the lineup and I and I say, okay, <clears throat> no Polanco, no Buxton, primarily are the are the I mean are the issues. Those guys so important to the how how the lineup um, would would fare. And then you throw in no Larnick and no Kirilov, and and you know I mean I, I I look at the lineup and I and I'm disappointed in in some performances, and I'm disappointed that they fell out of the race. But I'm not. I mean, given who you know, who their what their lineup looks like the last you know this last month of the season, I, I'm not all that surprised. Lavelle, your thoughts? Yeah, um, you know, I, I don't want to use injuries as a crutch, but my goodness, like 18 guys are on the IL now, and it's just been one after another. They've been constantly in a cycle where they've had to try to improvise in the absence of some of their uh, regulars. And what's been disappointing is that um, there's been a breakdown in fundamentals, a little, a few more break, some breakdowns fundamentally. I think a little bit more than it should be. Uh, base running mistakes, um, some outfield mistakes, uh, guys getting thrown out at home plate. Um, probably should have been held up. Um, you know, pitchers not executing. 
and uh, they just they just been kind of chasing their tails a little bit in the, in that regard. Um, I thought they did a good job at the deadline with shoring up uh, some holes here, but you know Lopez has been kind of a head scratcher here down the stretch. He's had a, a couple of really awful appearances, and when the Twins least needed him, um, I think all that came crashing down on them when they went to Cleveland and lost. I think they lost three out of those five games by one run, which has basically been their, their story of their season against the, uh, against uh, the guardians. Um, and you saw all their weaknesses exposed in that series. And that's what happens when you play good teams. Um, so I think even if they were, were healthier, there's still some things that they would be stubbing their toe on uh, in terms of execution and fundamentals. And that's been, um, that's been uh, the troubling thing to me. And plus, um, if you look at the score by innings, um, opponents' biggest three biggest innings are the ninth inning and innings five and six. And that's basically when Rocco begins to push the bullpen button and and then in, in the ninth inning when he pushes the final button. So the button's been more like a detonator <laughs> in terms of trying to slow these opponents down. And uh, it's just been it's been rough to watch. We got teased by two months of good play, and 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 frustrated by four months of uh, uneven play. And that's the reality. They haven't really been good since late May, and they were eleven games over five hundred. That bought them some time, and then the trade deadline deals got people ex- re-energized and re-excited. But they haven't had a winning month since May. Uh, this has not been a good team. And it, it's amazing how durable the Buxton factor has been. Uh, he, they are eight games over 500 when Byron Buxton starts. They're whatever it is, 10, 11 games under 500 when he doesn't. They are a division-leading team when he plays by per- winning percentage. They are worse than Texas Rangers when he doesn't play. So they're – and listen – Nobody likes the idea of using injuries as excuses. And yes, every team has a certain number of injuries. The Twins have used 37 pitchers. Uh, The Twins have been without Polanco. They've been without Buxton. They've been without their most valuable players. When Royce Lewis looked right after Royce Lewis proved he was going to be a dynamic force, he got hurt. No Kirilov, no Larnick. You are not going to win with Celestino, with Cave. You're not going to win with backup players playing every day. It just backups to the backups work. Backups to the backups. It doesn't work. So injuries are the major factor here. And and I also think that have they been a bad base running team? Yes. Uh, number one, their best base runner in terms of effectiveness is Buxton. He's been out. Number two, they know with this lineup that they have to take chances on the bases because the next guy probably isn't going to get that run home. When you have a good deep lineup, people are willing to say, okay, I'm going to trust this next guy. I'm going to play the percentages. This lineup is going to produce. I'm not going to risk outs on the bases. When you think you have three automatic outs coming up, you're going to take chances on the bases. Okay. Injuries are the biggest factor. There's no doubt about it. We're going to talk more about twins issues here in a second, but this is a rare moment in baseball history. And I want to take advantage of that here. Uh, Lavelle, uh, Otani's going to be at Target Field on Friday night. It's a chance to see one, you know, a unique player in baseball history. And a, a somebody who, when he's healthy, is always going to be an MVP candidate because nobody else can be a frontline starting pitcher and a middle-of-the-order slugger. 
while we're talking about Otani, who's spectacular. Mm-hmm. Aaron Judge, uh, as of the, the timing of this show, has reached 60 home runs. He's going to break the Yankees uh, record, the American League record. Uh, and what he's doing is absolutely spectacular, and he's doing it with great class. And we're watching Albert Pujols pursue 700 home runs. This is why I love baseball. There's always something unique. There's always something historic happening. Right now, Otani, what Otani's doing, what Pujols is doing, what um, Judge is doing, these are historic things. Absolutely. Um, I didn't think Pujols was going to get to 700 home runs. Me either. I, I really didn't. He, it's almost like he's been rejuvenated upon his return to St. Louis. And uh, and I think didn't he, he broke up Blake Snell's no-hit bid last night, yep. I believe. Um, so uh, he's back in the Cardinals uniform, and he's kind of rediscovering his youth. And it's been really neat to watch the highlights of him and his uh, exploits. Um, and he, he's going to go down as one of the you know, greatest right-handed hitters ever. Um you know, when he was in his prime, I mean, him and Miguel Cabrera, it's going to be a great, you know, comparison. I would probably take Pools over Cabrera, I, I think. Would too. But, but uh, still, Cabrera has had one heck of a career as a, as a right-handed power hitter, and I think he's won a batting title as well. But Pujols came out. I think he, I think he woke up. I think he learned. He got out of the crib with a one thousand OPS. You know, <laughs> that's uh, and seven hundred home runs. Seven hundred yeah. home runs. I know. I know. Um, and people saw it happen. It was like when he was an A ball, they're like, I think he went straight from A ball to the majors because they were like, this guy's too good not to be on the team. So credit for Pujols. Um, yeah, I, I think Otani is a, an incredibly special player. Um, you know, he's batting. I mean, you know, he, he's he's got a high batting average again this year. He's got 34 homers and 89 RBI. Um, he's doing that to play. He's doing it, you know, as a pitcher. It, it's just... A, the, the skill set is ridiculous. He's 13 and nine. This is like his best year as a pitcher. He's 13 and eight with a two, four, three ERA uh, in a, almost 115 innings. So he's got 600 plate appearances and almost 150 innings thrown. And, um, and he is dominating on both sides. Um, I feel bad for him because the angels are wasting his talent. I mean, they got him and Mike Trout and, uh, and the rest of the pitching staff that haven't been able to put together. And um, they're not taking advantage of this wonderful two-way talent. Um, and he'll be in town Friday. Uh, he's starting and batting against the Twins. And it's it'll be a once in a, you know it'll be a rare opportunity for local fans to kind of see this phenomenon um, perform uh, on both sides of the plate. He'll be performing from the mound and performing at the plate. But um, I've come around. I've been holding out on Otani being uh, MVP can- uh, uh, winner for most of the year, but what Aaron judge is doing right now on a team that is really needs offense. I mean, he's not getting much help in that lineup. Hicks has been terrible. Stanton's bump uh, broken, uh, breaking down again. Um, All the other uh, player Rizzo has been hurt. He's been okay when he's in the lineup, but he's he's been banged up. It's been judge the one constant force in that lineup. He's, I believe, as of yesterday, he was leading the triple count crown categories, which is ridiculous. And he's going to end up with, he's going to end up with about 63, 64 home runs. It'll be an American League record. And uh, you know, if he gets really hot, he can make a run at, uh, I think, was uh, McGuire McGuire's high was sixty six in this season, and so he'd have the second most in the in a in a, in a season ever uh, if he really gets hot. Um, I would have to give the MVP to him, just because. I, I do think you have to factor in how much they helped their team win. And 
Aaron, without without Judge, the Yankees would probably not be in first place uh, because they would have uh, even more trouble scoring runs than they have uh, than they are right now. And he has saved their bacon time and time again. So uh, I'm going to. It's just like Justin Morneau in 06. The Twins were struggling until about June 8th. And then Morneau got hot about that time. And the Twins ended up winning the division, going to the playoffs. And he justifiably won the MVP. I think what uh, Judge has done for the Yankees uh, should put him in the MVP. Uh, um, uh, I, I would give him the nod for MVP over Atani. And just to be clear, uh, Bonds holds the record with 73, tainted right. 73, McGuire tainted 70, Sosa tainted 66, Seven. McGuire tainted 65, Sosa tainted 64, uh, Sosa tainted 63, Maris, the fir- the most untainted home runs in one season, 61. So Judge is about to have the most untainted so far home run uh, season in Major League Baseball history. Uh, if On his current pace, he could end up as high as third most all time if he gets past Sosa's 66. Yeah. Uh, and again, uh, nobody's ever questioned uh, – you never know. Nobody can predict the future, but nobody has questioned Judge's uh, legitimacy in this regard. And he's also doing it with a lot of grace and a lot of personality, which is really cool to see. And I, I think not that long ago – it was a really intriguing three-person race for the MVP. Jose Ramirez carrying the Cleveland lineup, Otani doing what he does, and Judge doing what he was doing. I think Judge's late late burst and all the factors you include, I think he's the MVP. Absolutely. Um, I, I would definitely give it to him. Um, but it's going to be fascinating because every year, Otani's going to have a head start on everybody else because uh, right. because he's going to be a two way guy. So it's going to be an issue of who is going to have the monster year that could take Otani down. Um, and I think it's uh, safe to say that Otani is going to be the first fifty million dollar a year player in Major League Baseball. Yeah, yeah, and on merit. I mean, given yes. I mean, it's not that anybody deserves that much money uh, using the grand uh, definition of deserves, but compared to what other people are making and what he is producing in uh, the nation's capital and the capital of baseball, he's going to get paid that, and he has is, he is earned it within that context. Uh, let's yeah, uh, once again thank Corona, the official import beer sponsor of the Minnesota Twins and the presenting sponsor of the Chin Music Show here at TalkNorth.com. If you'd like to advertise with this show or our vast network, you can reach Karen Cleary at K-C-L-E-A-R-Y at TalkNorth.com. Uh, best way to listen to this show or the network Subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It is free. It's easy. You can follow us on Twitter at TalkNorthPod. See all the shows as they are released. want to thank our producer, Brandon Morton, and also let you know that at TalkNorth.com, we have all kinds of good outdoor content. We have uh, we have Roy, Lavelle, Russo, Cheryl Reeve, John Krasinski, John Millay, Jeff Diamond, uh, Mike Grimm on the Gophers. Just a, a massive amount of good stuff. Check it all out, and thank you for listening. Um Rocco had an interesting moment the other night uh, pulling Celestino. I think Celestino absolutely deserved it. But Rocco is not the kind of guy who does that stuff to show off. He did it because he felt like he had to do it. Yeah, he did. I mean, you know, Celestino um, uh, made a base run mistake and then you know was butt hurt over a strike, a, a pitch that was called a strike that was a ball, but uh, he yeah. didn't react well to it uh, being called a strike and pretty much gave away that bat. So I think Rock was trying to get a message to um, 
uh, to the young man. The only problem is, you know, the way Twins fans feel about this team right now, you know, their argument is about where was that earlier in the year? How come he doesn't do it to X player Y and Z? Um, I, you can't worry about that. You got to, you're trying to, you know, he, uh, Celestino is a young player and he needs to learn from these things so he get the right mentality when he goes about playing this game. So um, I had no problems with Rocco, Rocco doing that. Um, it just stinks that it's coming at the end of a year in which nothing's gone, little's gone right for this team because it, it looks like uh, it's a, it looks like it's an anomaly uh, compared to how he's Rocco's reacted to other situations. But I'll be honest with you, Jim, you know, I've seen more, more fire out of Rocco over the last six weeks, just because he's been trying to figure out ways to keep this tough, this team relevant, you know, arguing with the umpires getting tossed out of games, um, uh, you know, uh, having speeches about dropping F-bombs and speeches to the club. I mean, he's been trying to push any button uh, he could find to try to get this team to, to play consistent baseball and to uh, stay health, uh, stay relevant until they can get healthy. And he just hasn't worked. So I, I, I'm sure there's a level of frustration, too, uh, with Rocco right now. Well, I just don't – first of all, Rocco has been much fierier, if that's a word, uh, much more fiery <laughs> this season no doubt about it. I think he, I think he realized that this is a, yeah, and, and this goes back to my big picture. Look at this, this team, this franchise As of early March. This was a, a hopeless baseball team. They went out and got four starting pitchers to add to the rotation. They went out and got Correa. They made a bunch of deals so they could free up a spot for Correa. They went out and got Sonny Gray. who's a de facto ace. They uh, traded Taylor Rogers in a very risky move. They kind of went for it and, Rocco was fully invested in all these decisions and he has been firing, but I don't know how you compare Celestino dogging it and making obvious mistakes uh, and showing obvious bad attitude on the, the field to what had happened previously. There's there. Everybody's going to make physical mistakes once in a while. Mm-hmm. Most people are, a lot of players are going to make mental mistakes occasionally. It, it's when you kind of combine the mistakes with a certain attitude uh, that's when somebody needs to be jumped, not just when you make a mistake. That's a very good point. That's a very good point. Um, you know, and you know, the young man's, you know, he's probably frustrated too, how the season's gone and where they're at and everything too. But it, but you, you gotta, you've got to keep a level ahead about yourself when you get in these situations. Um, or you could do some more damage to you or the team um, by, by your actions. So uh, let's just see how Celestino goes forward. From, from from this point on, Rocco made it sound like that he's a sharp kid, and he'll he he is uh, understood. You know the reasoning why Rocco pulled him from the game, and um, we'll see how he how he learns from this. Um, you know, actions be louder louder than words, so we'll see what what Celestino does from here on out. Well, what's really important, and by the way, Celestino, there was a Celestino like the Twins had a burst early on that kind of obscured the fact that he hasn't done anything for months. Um, he really shouldn't be playing in the major leagues right now. But the big picture is the Twins need to get to a point where they don't need Celestino on the field because Buxton's on the field. Uh, I've been told uh, by Twins people that they think they have a really good plan for getting Buxton right this offseason. I don't think he should play again this year. I think uh, he should be resting now so he can be fully recovered from the tendonitis when he starts trying to do physical rehab on the tendonitis. What's your level of confidence that they can finally find something that keeps him on the field? I, I'm confident that they could find something out. You know what? The plan, the Buxton plan was actually working until it was. 
until the hip thing popped up because he was compensating for the knee. Um, he was chugging along to 100 games, and he probably was going to blow past that and play maybe 115, 120. So it, it, it was working. He had, you know, and it, it wasn't some fluky injury. We all were watching on television when he slid into second base in Boston and aggravated that knee, and it's been an issue ever since. I I keep waiting to hear that he's going to have surgery to, to clean something up, uh, but it, you're you're indicating that he's not going to need any sort of uh, procedure during the offseason. So I guess that's a good thing. So he should he should just we're focused on and healing up and 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 moving forward and getting ready for next year. Um, oh, actually, there's a lot of people in the in the in the, in, the, in, the, in, yes. that, uh, in that trader's room that probably is going to be working under the same condition. I mean, Sonny Gray ended up on the on the IL three times because of that uh, twice because of the hamstring. I can't remember what the third time was for Bailey Ober and this mysterious groin injury that cost him three months. I mean, it's going to be a lot of recovery going on this off season. And, you know, in October and November are going to be rough because you know, it is the end of the season comes and players take go the first two weeks off. And then all those painkillers and all those injections that were taken, you know, <laughs> late in the season are going to wear off and their body's going to revolt and they'll be suffering and then they'll feel better on November and they'll start preparing uh, for next year. So uh, Doug McCabe told me that story about two weeks of painkillers wear off and you're really in trouble. So, yeah. um, um, and there's a lot of guys. I, I want to think this is a fluke situation. I People want to take a look at the training staff. Well, they've turned over the training staff since right. Fabi was here. They, they're they paying a guy a lot of money to be the director of sports performance, you know, to oversee this stuff. So, I mean, they've been trying to address this. So uh, let's just let's just see. We got to see if it, if, it, if it was just a fluky year. Because I'm sitting there looking at injury list, and at the time the Twins were playing the – the the uh, Guardians, they had 16 players in the IL. The White Sox had eight, and Cleveland had three. You know, and mm-hmm. so um, if you just cut down some of those moves and have a consistent lineup out there, and you don't have to call it, you're down to your the backups to the backups, and you don't have to call it, uh, find Chichi Gonzalez and Aaron Sanchez off off the waiver wire. You know, I mean, stuff that was going on this year was ridiculous uh, as far as trying to find able bodies. Um, you know, who knew that Louis Varlin was going to be in the rotation by the end of the year? But he had right. to be. There's nobody right. else. You know, yep. the next guy to be called up probably will be Simeon Woods Richardson, who actually is pitching his butt off at, at St. Paul right now. Uh, yes. I think he's had a huge sign. Yeah, that's a really good sign. So um, so it's it's almost the, the we I'm a, I'm a, if I'm a beat writer, I'm asking for a monthly health up update to see who's feeling better during the off season, just to see who's going to come to spring training and uh, ready to play right away. You hit on a bunch of notes that I want to uh, respond to. First of all, I can't tell you that Buxton won't have any surgery, but the last conversation I had with somebody I trust over there was that, hey, this is much more about rest and starting the right rehab program. Because tendonitis is a terrible thing to deal with during the season. It's not the worst injury to recover from because rest should help it. I, now, maybe he has a cleanup too, but I think mostly it's rest and rehab. Uh, number two, they have turned over the training staff, and this offseason will be the test for this training staff. After a huge amount of injuries this year, yep. can they get people to a point where they have programs that will get them through next season? Uh, the next thing, you know, we talk about this player who shouldn't be in the big leagues, that player shouldn't be in the big leagues, all that kind of stuff, and this this you know base running mistake and this bullpen. This team is built to have a deep lineup and to score a lot of runs, and when you do that, it covers up a lot of the small mistakes. You can't 
score a lot of runs when Sandy Leone is batting behind Jake Cave in your lineup. It's just not going to work. No uh, kidding. They, they need to have a deep lineup. They have enough good hitters in the organization to have a deep lineup, by, which, which is, by the way, they have a new guy playing right field right now. Uh, I think it, what's going to be fascinating in the offseason and next spring is uh, for the corner outfield positions, you now have Kirilov, Larnick, Kepler, and the new guy. I know, and Matt Walner looks like a baller. Yes, I, I mean he's he's he, he looks pretty dangerous at the plate. Although he's he got that leg kick that worries me, but um, homered in his first major league game. Uh, looks like he moved. He runs well. I, he beat out the yep. infield. He he uh, hit against uh, was it uh was it, I can't remember if it was the Royals or the Guardians, but um, he shows some wheels. So this is intriguing. So Larnick and Kirilov and Kepler and, and this guy, it's gonna be a nice battle for. Uh, corner outfield spots the whole tomorrow next year's roster i like i'm curious yep. to see how the pieces are going to fit uh what are they going to do about shortstop um can they just hodgepodge between urshela um or hey polanco and maybe nick gordon is short until royce lewis is ready um i like to keep urshela because i think he's a solid player uh it looks like he's a good teammate and he's arbitration eligible eligible next uh during the offseason i'd like to have him around but I'm thinking for just for everybody to fit, you got to figure out where you want Miranda to be a third baseman or a first baseman. Kirilov could play first. You got you got this log jack for current corner outfield spots. Um, these are good problems to have because there, there's talent and there's young talent too. So um, guys with upside who are trying to get into the lineup, and I like that. So um, I, I can't wait to see how this ends up shaking out. Uh, do you, now, Correa has put on a surge where his numbers look really good. Uh, do you yep. think it's now? I you know I keep being told by Twins people that hey, we'd love him back and we think we have a chance of getting him back. Uh, what do you think the chances are? Um, he's going to still want he's going to want at least thirty five million dollars for X amount of years on a long term deal. I'm not sure he's going to get it, but it only takes us one idiotic owner to agree. And I'm worried that the owner has already presented himself. Um, and that's Tom Ricketts of the Chicago Cubs who was pledged to spend money this off season. And they were interested in Correa um, in the past. So um, I'm, I'm wondering about a Correa to Cubs um, deal as a way the ownership shows the Cub fan base that they're ready to be a contender again. And that means they would sign him to a 10 year deal at uh, a ridiculous amount of money. That's the only team I could think that would probably bite on that. But you know what though, Jim, cause I was knocking him earlier in the year and he got hot in August and has carried it on in September. And now he looks like he's worth, uh, he's worth the, he's worth the salary. Um, he's going to end up being a five war player. And uh, if you, you, you know, you know what the cost for, uh, for war is, Mm-hmm. Um, um, that's a that's a nice chunk of change, and yep. so um, it depends. On what, like I said, it takes one owner to get out there, um, and I think there's a chance he will be gone. I still think it's a bit more of a chance that he leaves than he stays. But um, it would be I would it would be a nice coup for the Twins if he agrees to come back. That means he likes it here, and that means he thinks he's, that the team has a chance to win. Um, I kind of want him to leave because I like to see that $35 million allocated to, to a pitcher, but I just don't know who's going to be out there because I think DeGrom's going on $40 million a year and the Twins aren't going to pay that. I think Kershaw could sign with the Rangers or stay with the Dodgers. The only guy I would maybe 
offer the twins could maybe offer would be Verlander who would be a 40 year old free agent. And I may toss him 30 million for three years to see if he's willing to bite on that. You know, um, that may be the only guy that could probably fit in uh, based on today's talent level and the cost of that talent uh, given his age. So um, other than that, I don't think there's going to be a, I don't think there's many top other free agent pitchers available. So, you know, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, if Gray wants to stay, go ahead and go ahead and, and be willing to pay the salary again next year because um, starting stud starting pitching options are going to be few and far between on a free agent market. No doubt. I, I, I hope Correa is back. I think it's 60-40 that he leaves, but I don't think it's a done deal. So I like the 60-40. We, yeah. yeah. We, we'll continue talking about this and all the Twins' issues uh, and more about Correa, more about the, some of the minor league prospects who emerged as the year goes on. Uh, Roy had a few technical issues. He will rejoin next week. Thanks for listening to Chin Music. Thanks for listening to TalkNorth.com. Thanks to our producer, Brandon Morton, and we will talk to you next week.